You're listening to Israel National Radio. Hi, I'm Yitzi Fox. I'm from Lawrence, New York. I'm here visiting in Bethel on Israel National Radio, and the city is absolutely wonderful. I'm from Derech HaTalmud in Meisharim, and the Shabbos has been just a great experience for me. Keep up the support. You're listening to IsraelNationalRadio.com. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the Noahide Nations. We are glad that you're here today on the Noahide Nation show because we've got a great show for you. So let me go ahead and right away bring in my co-host Prescott Johnson and we'll get this thing on the road. Prescott, how you doing my friend? I'm doing well, Ray. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. As, as you can tell, my voice is very strong. I'm very excited about today's show. And I've, I've gosh, I probably should have put my seatbelt on. Let me do that. Okay, here we go. We're ready to go. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I, I appreciate you asking. And I wanted to you know, kind of do some housekeeping here and let the folks know, because I know the last couple of weeks have been kind of rough for you, know, you and I and getting back in the swing of things. But I noticed that we have been forgetting to give the email address. And I wanted to go ahead and jump all over that first thing here today. Folks, if you have any questions, comments, anything at all, just send them to Prescott and I at Noahide at IsraelNationalRadio.com. I thought that might have been intentional. Well, <laughs> you would have thought, but uh, no, I had, it had just gotten away from us because <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was sick and you know, we were out for a couple of weeks and I wasn't feeling that great when I, you know, the first show back, I was kind of groggy and just things kind of uh, got away, uh, got away from me. At the same time too, I wanted to, you know, run by you and also the folks that I think are two shows on Zedeka went extremely well. The only thing I'm a little unsatisfied with after listening to him is I feel like we left a lot of information on the table. Hmm. I mean, I, I think we we need to do another hour to kind of wrap everything up and, and kind of bring a close. Even though Zadaka, you could turn around and, you know, you could do hours and hours and hours of, of teaching on this. But I really feel like we need to do a third show just to kind of tie up some of the loose ends. You know, what, what do you think? Well, I... I... I think I said everything I had to say, so I, I guess it's um, going to be your show. Um, okay. Well, I, I don't have a problem with that, and you can you can just fill in the blanks. <laughs> All right. All right. No, well, I, I, I know that there, there, there certainly were a lot of things that uh, uh, could have been said, and so it might be good to, uh, to give her another go around uh, to smooth over the rough edges. Yeah, and I don't even know if there were some, you know, there probably were some rough edges, but I think uh, there was this information that it was pertinent to it that mm. we just didn't have time to get into, right. and we didn't have time to do a, a plugged-in show, so I feel like, you know, again, we left some stuff on the table, so yeah. we'll go ahead and take care of that, I'm thinking, you know, we'll air that on the 29th. Now, right before. Yeah, yeah. Well, rough edges, by rough edges, I mean anything that I said, I always leave rough edges. So. <laughs> you forget I'm the editor. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And that's why it's always refreshing when I listen to the final edit. It's kind of like, wow, I, I sound almost intelligent. Yeah, so. boy, I sound really good. <laughs> oh, and I got some uh, news for you, Prescott, and oh. also for, for all of our listeners. Last week, I finally signed the contract for the World Conference of the Noahide Nations 2011 venue. 
So that is now a done deal. It is in stone, and the dates in stone are the 4th of July weekend of next year, 2011. So that's going to be a Monday, or wait a minute, let me let me go back. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's the 1st through the 4th of uh, of July weekend. So it'll be a holiday weekend, and we're hoping for a huge turnout uh, because it is going to be a holiday. Wow. And and for those of us coming from outside of the U.S., we get to uh, watch as you guys celebrate the 4th of July. So that ought to be a, it'll be a a kind of a, a cultural uh, a unique cultural exposure for those of us who come from outside the U.S. So, oh, you've never yeah. seen a Fourth of July? No, no, no well, not you... not not in uh, not in the U.S. Just you know what they show on TV. But oh, okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if you could see the fireworks from New York or no. Or what I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and they actually block. Uh, they block a lot of the uh, channels. They they don't want us Canadians seeing how much you guys enjoy your Fourth of July weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know that we want you to see it either. <laughs> but anyway, why don't we move along with this show? Because as I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty excited about this one. We've got a, a couple guests, some special guests that I consider very good friends. I've known them for a long time. And we're going to do kind of a, a, a discussion on Maimonides, the Rambam. And I know we have a lot of listeners who will find this very interesting because, quite frankly, the Rambam is a, a fascinating, I should say was a fascinating individual. I mean, he was highly intelligent. He was a rabbi. He was a doctor. Uh, he was a writer. I mean, this guy was some kind of genius. Boy, it would have been wonderful to be around when he was actually alive. It's just phenomenal to sit down and read his material. Mm. Now, the people that we've got coming on board here are two individuals. One of them is in Minnesota, and the other one is in Kentucky. So let's go ahead and bring them onto the show. And we have Jacob Sharif, who's in Minnesota. Jacob, come on board. How you doing? Good, good. Well, it's good to have you here. And Andy, overall, you are in Kentucky. Why don't you come on board? You're in Louisville, right? Yes, that's right. Okay, well, how are you doing today? Uh, getting over a long hike from yesterday. I went out to see God's creation, and, well, God's creation whooped me. So, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, both, We're doing okay otherwise. Uh, well, good, good. Both Jacob and Andy are Noahides. They're longtime Noahides. In fact, uh, Jacob, how long have you been a Noahide? Um, probably since, uh, I'd say the early nineties, about 15 ish years. Wow. Or so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Andy, how about you? Uh, since, uh, 92, actually, uh, we've been on this uh, journey together and our discovery of the no high laws occurred that year, 92. So it's been that long. It's true. We actually grew up together. We've known each other since we were eight years old. Oh wow! Holy cow! Eight years old. I had, uh, you guys have been holding on to me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, now were you both raised in uh, Louisville? We were. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's yeah. hometown for both you guys. I I was unaware of that. Well, let me you know ask you kind of a, a couple questions about being a Noahide. What uh, was there any one thing, or and if so, what was it that influenced you to becoming Noahides? 
Uh, it was a, uh, it was sort of a long journey. Um, you know, we both were raised pretty much as Christians. And uh, just uh, uh, as we kind of entered into our teenage years, we started kind of questioning, you know, what is the truth? Uh, what does God want of us? And uh, through, a, a, I guess, kind of a long course of study and just really trying to delve into God's word, we eventually came to the understanding that, came to the realization, I guess, that what we had come to discover within God's word was actually Orthodox Judaism. And at that point we realized, you know, there's a difference between Jews and Gentiles and um, the requirements for both are not the same. And we really started exploring that path at that point. Hmm, um, interesting. So it was really the culmination of a many years of learning, I guess. I don't know okay. that it was necessarily any one particular thing. Okay. Andy, how about you? Was it kind of the same thing as soon as you guys actually grew up together? Uh, yeah, uh, pretty much. See, uh, I'd started to learn of the, uh, you know, pagan and idolatry roots, idolatrous roots of uh, Christianity. And uh, uh, I told Jake about this, and uh, we started to take more interest in this as we investigated. Like a lot of people come to Torah, found out, oh, Christianity, it has all this idolatry attached to it. At first, we were, in our very early days, uh, were involved with a group of, uh, uh, with uh, Messianic Judaism, or not Judaism, if you will. Right, that I was in the Messianic era. Christianity. <laughs> right. Yeah. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We left the conventional church, and what we realized, okay, well, the Torah is not done away with, okay? And that's what we we're on, but we were still thinking, well, you still need Yeshua and all this. But see, uh, I think for me, uh, and I think I'd speak for uh, both uh, Jake and me, uh, a very good friend of ours, uh, his name is uh, Michael Caudill. Uh, he had uh, moved back uh, into town, and uh, uh, he was studying the same thing, too. But see, when we studied together, all three of us, we drove even further into trying to find out, okay, well, you know, what are the roots of, uh, you know, of Hebrew Christianity, whatever you want to call it. But in doing so, that's when we started to come closer to actual Torah, as Jake said, to Orthodox Judaism. And uh, I think for all of us, it's just simply a matter of knowing, okay, well, what is really the truth of this? You know, we've got this Bible we've had all our lives, but what's really, really behind this? And really the only way to get to it in the end is um, you just have to go to the Jews because it was a book that was written by Jews, for Jews, in the Hebrew language. So who's going to know better? And when we found that out, we found, oh, okay, well, this is how it is. It's Torah. And in the process, learning about the oral law, which Christianity rejected, we learn about the seven laws. I know, long explanation, but there it is. <laughs> Hmm. Well, that, hey, that's a, a good explanation. Now, uh, Jacob, I understand that you were actually going to convert to Judaism. And yeah, it's true. You, um, you were, you were actually us, over in Israel, right? Um, I was, although that's not when I was converting. Um, uh, I guess when, when Andrew and Michael and myself all found out that there was a difference between Jews and Gentiles and that we had different obligations to follow— um, Andy very quickly realized, okay, I want to be a Noahide, and this is my path. Um, Michael and I, on the other hand, pretty much decided right then and there, well, we want to convert and become Jews. Um, 
So we actually, myself and Michael and his wife, we all moved out to California together and uh, went through the conversion process there in uh, Oakland, California, actually. And um, they went they went ahead and finished their conversion. Um, but I kind of stopped about probably a few months before completing it um, and kind of had a change of heart. I basically realized that, um, you know, God made me a non-Jew and I didn't really understand at the time what it meant to be a non-Jew and follow God. Um, and it occurred to me, you know, maybe God didn't make a mistake. Maybe I should stop and, you know, kind of find out, you know, what this path is before I go through this door, which, you know, if I pass through this door, I can never undo this change. Oh, no, the door disappears. You can't go back. Exactly. I can never go back. So I should probably figure out what I am first and what that means before I try to change it. Hmm. Um, and that's that's the path I've been on since then. And I've uh, I've really found that living life as a Noahide is a completely fulfilling experience, um, spiritually and otherwise. And uh, I currently have no desire to convert. So, <laughs> well, it, there is the um, uh, f- for many of us coming out of uh, out of the Christian religion, you live most of that experience uh, with a lot of you know a lot of certainty. Uh, in terms of what you believe and that it's the absolute truth. And when you when you realize that there's uh, problems with your theology and problems with your uh, book, then uh, you end up in this place of uncertainty. And I, and I think a lot of people, when they are exiting uh, Christianity, uh, it's actually more, uh, almost a more natural process to think about conversion because you're looking for that certainty. You're looking for that, you know, this is a, a clear cut uh, path uh, that's been well established. Um, whereas to consider going the Noahide path uh, until recent years has been really a bit of a, I mean, you're kind of an oddball. It's true. And in a lot of cases you feel very alone yeah. because who else is a Noahide? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, because I, I went through, I mean, that's, I seriously considered uh, conversion and for other reasons did not uh, pursue it um, at the time. But, it, it, and I'm glad that I didn't because uh, I w- was really looking at it in, in retrospect, I was looking at it with the wrong reasoning uh, as to why I was doing it. And, and it, it, it involved that idea that, well, did God really make a mistake when he made me uh, a non-Jew? And uh, I had to, you know, when you go to, I think it's in Isaiah or Jeremiah where it says, you know, does the uh, pot get to say of the pot or why did you make me this way? You know, so. <laughs> yes. And I came to the conclusion that the potter knew what he was doing. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> I I can't even begin to imagine Hashem making a mistake. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't get my head around that. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Jacob, you you actually studied over in Israel too, didn't you? In, in a yeshiva over there. I did. I did. Um, there was a point in time when Andrew and I, um, I guess, through our studies, we we kind of came to the realization that Noahide kashrut or the food laws for Noahides might be a lot more complicated than we thought. Well, that that's that's sort of uh, I guess leading up to it, but. Uh, for a long time, it had kind of been my dream to go to Israel and find a yeshiva where I could study to just learn more Torah. 
Um, And there were a number of kind of triggering factors that made it apparent that now is the time. I had friends in Israel that were living there. I had um, uh, Adam Penrod was living there, a good Mm -hmm. friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had an opening in their apartment where they were living. So there were a number of factors that all kind of came together right at the right time. And I went to Israel and said, okay, I'm going to go there and just start knocking on the doors of yeshivas until one lets me in to study. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said, you know, that's the way to go. (laughs) And uh, I found one that that did let me come in and kind of sit in on classes and study for a while. Um, And it was a really, really good experience. And my main purpose for going there was really to learn how to study Torah, because I, I kind of had the idea in my head that, you know, if you want to study like the Talmud and the Mishnah and study all of these original source texts, you really have to uh, learn how to study them properly. You can't just like open up the Talmud and start reading. It's not a book that's written by that like that. You have to learn the proper way in which to do it. So that was really my goal in going there. And one of the things that I, I learned um, through teachers that I, meant, that I met there was that for learning the seven laws of Noah, um, we don't really have to get into um, the complicated study of the Talmud and the Mishnah and all of these, like, studying these, these great source texts. In fact, we can just go and simply read the Mishnah Torah written by the Rambam, um, which is essentially a distillation of these ideas from these original sources into a format that the average person on the street can easily read and understand Mm -hmm. without having to devote, you know, their entire lives to learning the in-depth methods of, of elucidation from the Talmud. So, okay. Is, is, I'm just curious, is that, is this whole process that you went through the, the conversion at, at first and then the experience over in Israel, is this, what kind of brought you to wanting to study the Rambam? It I mean, is, there, there, yes. There's, there's so many sources out there. What was it that got you to the Rambam? Well, that, for myself, that, that's really what it was. I went, um, you know, I went to Israel and I sat down with some of the leading authorities on the Noahide laws and all of these things. And with, with just great Torah sages that I met there, and every one of them, without fail, said, look, what you want to do is great, that you want to learn the halakha, and you want to know it in depth. And if you want to do that, don't bother learning the Talmud. It's too much for you. Sit down and learn the Mishnah Torah. That's Mm -hmm. what every one of them said without fail. Really? Yeah. And so that's what really, really drove me to deciding, okay, I need to study the Mishnah Torah by the Rambam in in great detail. Now, is this the same for you as well, uh, Andy? I mean, what? Because uh, you guys well, were kind of on this together, but it sounds like there was some separation in the journeys along the way. Uh, what what got you to the Rambam? Jake is more of the uh, trailblazer, more of the pioneering type. <laughs> in a way, we uh, balance each other out uh, well because I'm the more cautious one. So uh, I just held down the fort, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's see. calling you from Israel, and you're going, "That's nice, Jake." Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, see, while he was in Israel, it's interesting how this worked out, because while Jake was in Israel, our friend uh, Michael Caudill, years before, during the 90s, had completed his conversion, uh, he and his family, and they had moved uh, to Israel to make uh, Aliyah. 
while he was there, while Michael and his family was there, uh, you know, Jake was able to visit them a lot. And Michael had come into contact with uh, a group of people who were very studious about studying uh, Mishnah Torah and, and the Rambam. And through that, we came into contact with these people. Among them is uh, Amore Michael Shlomo Baron, who's the author of the Guide for the Noahide. And right. uh, he's also, he also runs uh, what is called the Beth Midrash Ohel Moshe. If I may make a plug for the website, if I may. Okay. It's at torathmoshe.com. T-O-R-A-T-H-M-O-S-H-E.com. You see, at this time, this was about uh, 2004, Jake and I had already heard of the Rambam and, you know, Mishnah Torah, but it wasn't really solidified uh, with us, you know, how important this is, and certainly for Noahides. But once we started learning, came into contact with Mori Michael and his teacher, Mori Shalomo uh, Ben Avraham, who runs Mechal Memory website, we learned more about, you know, how incredible this work is in the Mishnah Torah. And since we attached ourselves to them, I would say that they are our primary teachers. So it's not like we're just doing this all on our own and we're just, uh, you know, out there and this is uh, all our own idea. You could say attached ourselves to, uh, you know, particular Masora, uh, if you will, of learning uh, the Rambam. Like I said, we came into contact with them. Uh, Jake had returned uh, to the States, and what he told you is a lot of what he related to me. And in that time, about 2004, that's when we started really studying in depth in uh, Mishnah Torah. From that time, and that's what we've been studying since. Wow! So uh, it, it sounds like in the beginning, prior to the Rambam, you were, you know, getting teachings from from all kinds of sources, and then you mm-hmm. kind of honed in on the Rambam. That doesn't mean, though, that you don't believe in these other sources you were originally learning from, does it? No, of course not. We oh, we okay. still study many things. Um, okay, you know every every. Every rabbinic source is good to learn from. It's uh, just as far as if you want to learn halacha, if you want to learn like what what Jewish law specifically requires, really the best, most easily digestible source for the average person who knows some Torah and they know some Nach, but they're not really masters of Talmud, is really just to, to learn from the Mishnah Torah as far as what Jewish law requires specifically. That's okay. the easiest most compact source. Okay. Right. But again, Mishnah Torah isn't a self-contained work. It draws from the Talmud and the Mishnah and all these other sources. Okay. Well, hang on to that thought because we're bumping into the bottom of the hour here and we need to sneak out to take a break. And uh, folks, we appreciate you being with us here on the Noahide Nation show. And uh, we're going to come back and speak with Jacob and Andy uh, a little bit more on the Rambam. So please stick around. We'll catch you on the other side. Kidashta, the personal touch, invite everyone to their two exciting stores, one in the heart of Jerusalem and one in Moreim. Kidashta, the personal touch, is the epitome of elegant style and service. Sterling silver, artistic glassware, jewelry, talitot, mezuzot, and much more. And also features a full boutique wine department specializing in Israeli wines. And, of course, everything is available online at Judaica4u, Judaica, the numeral 4 and the letter u.com. Imagine booking your LL flight to Israel, your hotel, rental car, and tours from the comfort of your own home or office within minutes and saving up to 20% to boot. All that and more is now reality at LL Vacations. 
Now for Arutsheva listeners only. Order a flight and hotel in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv through the Arutsheva site and get a free cell phone with 60 minutes to use absolutely free. Click on the banner on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Shalom and welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the Noahide Nation show. We've got a couple very interesting guests, and we've been talking about a, a very interesting subject, and it's that of the Rambam, Maimonides. We have mentioned the, the Noahide laws a few times in the first half, so Prescott wanted to go ahead and kind of review those seven categories of the Noahide laws for us. So, Prescott, take it away, my friend. All right, the seven go as follows. Do not commit idolatry. Do not commit murder. Do not commit sexual immorality. Do not commit theft. Do not blaspheme. We are required to establish courts for justice and to not eat the limb of a living animal. Which always makes for interesting discussion around the campfire. When they come to that law, it's always interesting when somebody says, can you give me an example of that? Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're not going to go ahead and give you any examples because we need a campfire. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> I, th- I think I got get- a screensaver here I could uh, light up here and... <laughs> well, let's go ahead, though, and, and get back into the uh, Rambam, because I have kind of a, a question that I want to get into that's kind of a, a touchy gray area, at least for me. But anyway, before we even do that, let me ask you, Jake, how long have you now been studying the Rambam shall I say exclusively, for lack of a better way of putting it, I mean, obviously you have you've have a, a tremendous focus on Rambam's Mishnah Torah. How long has that been going on? Like my personal study focus has been primarily on, well, learning Hebrew and then studying the Mishnah Torah, the Torah itself and the Nach. Mm-hmm. I want to try to get those basic sources down. That's really been my study focus over the past, well, I guess about since about 2004, I've been really focused on that itself. Andy and I have been kind of studying um, the Mishnah Torah itself since about 2000, I guess. Although prior to 2004, it was much more informal. It was just because we found certain works in it more interesting. But my um, one of my teachers basically said, told me, he said, look, if you want to really understand the Mishnah Torah, what you need to do is sit down and read it front to back four times in its entirety. If you do that, then you'll really start to understand the connections between things within it. So that's that's really been my primary study goal since then. Wow. So you guys have been at this for a while then. So maybe you can uncloud this little thing that I just mentioned, and it's in Rambam's Mishnah Torah, it's in uh, uh, Hilchot Melchim, Law, Law of Kings, and it's in chapter 10, verse 10. And let me just go ahead and, and read it and, and throw it on out, and then I'll, I'll ask my question. It says that we should not prevent a Gentile who desires to perform one of the Torah's mitzvot in order to receive reward from doing so, provided he performs it as required. If he brings an animal to be sacrificed as a burnt offering, we should receive it. Now, I, I, my my question is if we if we look at the the footnotes on this when it is talking about performing you know, the Torah's mitzvot, it says one of the six hundred and thirteen mitzvot commanded to the Jews aside from Torah study and the Sabbath. Now this is very 
confusing for a lot of folks and it's confusing you know for for me as well and i'm hoping you guys can you know shed some some light onto this because it says here that you're not supposed to perform any of the ancillary commandments from the noahide laws unless you're unless you're doing them precisely as you perform them as required well how can one do that if you're not studying the torah well yeah it says in the text exactly what you brought up it says in the text unless you perform them according to the halakha. It says, al-halakha. Right, okay. So it means, you. essentially, what that tells us is that it's not forbidden for us to study halakha of miswoth that we are not required to do. It can't be, because how, how otherwise would we even be able to know that there are other miswoth if we couldn't study the fact that they exist? How could we decide, yeah. I want to do this miswoth, if we right. didn't know anything about it or what was required to do it. Uh, well, and see, that's, that's always been my question. So I guess where the gray area comes in is in the footnote itself, not in the text. Well, see, if I can add something here, keeping in mind the time that uh, you know this was written, the, the judgment that the Rambam is bringing forth was not long after the destruction of the temple. And in those days... Gentiles, non-Jews then, uh, a lot of them, you know, were idolaters. They had a lot of crazy ideas and customs. And I would, I'd suspect today in our time, we'd probably have more, because we benefited from Torah in some way, we'd have more in common maybe with Jews then than we would our own ancestors. That's how strange they probably were. Okay. And see, when he's talking about studying Torah, he's talking about idolaters who, are, who would, if they were to open the Tanakh, or to go into the Talmud and just read it, as they do, then they, uh, without the proper guidance, with, uh, they would come up with crazy ideas. And we've seen that happen, the way the church has interpreted uh, the Tanakh, and the way a lot of uh, Jew haters will then look at the Talmud, they read it as is, and they come up with the craziest things. So what they're saying is that, um, you know, uh, a Gentile should uh, learn his seven laws first. Get that down. Those are the basics, right? And then, you know, if he can, then he can uh, delve deeper into Torah because then he'll have the right foundations. Well, here's what here's what Andy's referring to in the text. Yeah. yeah. If you he's, look he's just prior that. to the section you read, um, okay. it says there, if you read this in the English, it, it will actually kind of confuse you. Because it says a Gentile, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the Mishnah Torah directly in front of me. Um, maybe you do. But it, it basically says a Gentile should not um, study Torah, he shouldn't uh, do the Shabbat, and he shouldn't um, make additional religious um, practices for himself. Right. And then in the very next one, it goes on to say um, a Gentile who desires to follow any of the additional laws um, of the Torah may do so as long as he does them according to the halacha. Um, so these two seem to kind of be at odds, and the way... A lot of people, like the person who wrote these footnotes, try to resolve them, is that they say, um, what this means is that you can do any of the additional miswoth of the Torah, except for the ones that he just mentioned. But I would tend to disagree with that footnote and with that interpretation. Because if you look in the actual Hebrew, it's mm -hmm. using two different words in these two different sections. Okay. In the first one, it actually says... And if you're reading the uh, um, the Vilna edition, those brown ones that you can easily get here in America, 
it says an akum. Um, in the original text, it says a goy um, should not study Torah aside from the seven laws of Noah only. Um, he should not keep the Shabbat and he should not make additional religious practices. Now, the Rambam, in a different area of the text of the Mishnah Torah, I believe it's in the Laws on Forbidden Food, says, any time that I say goy, stam, that I simply say the word goy, what I mean is an idolater, unless okay. I specify otherwise. And he says, he says, this refers throughout the rest of the text, any time I use this word, this is what I mean. So then if you look back at that, what he's saying is, an idolater should not study anything except the seven laws of Noah. And he should not keep Shabbaths. And he should not make additional religious practices for himself. Then in the very next verse, he says, however, a Ben Noah, and he switches and uses this other term. He says, a Ben Noah may do any of the additional miswot of the Torah, as long as he does them according to the halacha. And I think this is the proper understanding of this text, is that okay. he's, he's referring to two different classes of people. Okay. He's saying someone well, who is still an idolater shouldn't, has no business doing anything other than studying the seven laws of Noah. Once he has those down pat, then if he wants to go above and beyond, then he can study additional miswot. Okay, but so it's really, it's really more than just having knowledge of it. They have to be practicing the seven Noahide laws. They have to be exactly. observing those. Okay, so exactly. I, I see, and the main thing is, if you're not an idolater anymore, that's that's the main crux of the entire seven okay. laws, right there. Okay, so it goes back to what you said earlier that you need to know, by and large, how to study in order to resolve that very question. Because I, right. I, had heard, is, I'd heard, I'd heard this before, but uh, not really given in the clarity that you just described it. Right. Right. And that's the thing. The Mishnah Torah itself is still, it can be kind of complicated. And that's why, for example, my teacher said you need to read it four times front to back before you really start to see these connections. And those are some of yeah. the connections because Rambam makes definitions of words in completely unrelated sections that he later uses. Okay. And you yeah. just sort of have to but, know them. But something to add here, uh, so as not to uh, make this look like you know an overwhelming task, uh, okay. what our teacher mentioned is that, okay, someone hears, what? Got to read this four times? What? No. Oh. <laughs> this is a, an actual uh, a principle here uh, that is the proper way to study that apart from different places and not just our own teacher, and that is breadth over depth. In other words... When you uh, read, when you study Torah, you just start by reading, you know, and just get a general overview. You just start with that, and as you keep going over and over, then you start to see the deeper aspects to it. Um, and Jake, you had that book that was written by Rav Schwartz, uh, the Ben Torah and His World, that talks oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, recently, and recently Jeremy Gimpel on his uh, show, A Land of Israel, he, he mentioned that in uh, giving his teaching on uh, the book of uh, Yehoshua, that, you know, breadth over depth. So depth, in other words, you just start in a very simple way, and, you know, with Hashem's help, you'll start to understand more. So that way you don't have to feel so uh, overwhelmed, thinking, oh, gosh, I'm never going to get it. You'll get there. We've been doing it for some time, and we've read 
just about half of the about half of the the Mishnah Torah so far. Uh huh. Well, that coincides with the uh, reading of the parshas mm-hmm. year after year after year after year right. is probably for that exact same reason. You're getting the the breadth of everything, but I know that every time I read. The, the Parsha again, I always glean new golden nuggets mm. that I missed in the oh, previous yeah. 10 years. So <laughs> I, I, I can appreciate uh, you know where you're coming from on that. Now, as far as the Sabbath, and this is a biggie, guys, a lot of people, they're so confused by this that they almost stand paralyzed and choose to do nothing rather than possibly choose to do something wrong. And that is this idea of a, and I'm talking about a Noahide, a a Ben Noah, somebody who's observing the seven Noahide laws as it relates to keeping the Shabbat. Now, somebody asked me that question. I'll always say that we're, we're not allowed to keep it as a Jew is commanded to keep it. But we as Noahides can indeed celebrate the Shabbat. Now, am I way out in left field, or am I at least on uh, uh, on the same page? I'd say you're right on. Um, I think one of the one of the there's sort of a, a certain degree of miscommunication that happens between Jews and non-Jews on this subject. In that, if you look in the Torah, there's no commandment do the Shabbat. But most people who are approaching this, they think of it as Shabbat as being one thing. But if you look at it from a halachic perspective, what we usually refer to as Shabbat is actually a collection of 20, 30 individual miswoth. There are many different individual mitzvahs that make up doing Shabbat. Mm -hmm. And doing any one of them individually is beneficial in and of itself. For example, doing Kiddush on Friday night or Havdalah on Saturday night. These are both aspects of doing Shabbat which are beneficial in and of themselves. And they're both individual standalone miswoth. You know, you can really look at all of these different individual pieces and decide, hey, I'd like to do this one or this one. So in essence, you you could actually do them all, but the distinction comes in that the Jewish community is, is basically commanded to do them and the Noahides right. are not commanded. To do all of them. We could okay. choose any one or less or more to do. Excellent. Basically. Okay, well, see, that's, that is is spelled out with clarity that virtually anyone should be able to uh, understand if we could just get everyone to listen to our show. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're still working on that. <laughs> but uh, that was that's, uh, an excellent explanation of, of that. And, and I think this is all great because you two are going to be doing something that uh, with no high nations that we have not done. So you're kind of you know paving the way to you're the you're the trailblazers on this as well. And that is that you two are going to be teaching a class on the Rambam, but you're both going to be the instructors of the class, which we have never had before. So it'll be very interesting to see how this uh, works out. And just from my own thought process, I think it's going to be great because it gives two instructors that people can ask questions of, and it also gives two explanations, potentially, from two different instructors. 
So this is going to mm-hmm. be uh, very fascinating, and I may as well go ahead and tell everybody about this. It's going to be on Thursday evenings. It's going to be starting December the 2nd, and it's going to be at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And correct me if I'm wrong, those are the right days, that's the right day and time, right? Yep. Yes, indeed. Okay, and I think uh, we're going to be getting that up on the uh, website as well and uh, getting it out there and uh, for the Yahoo group. And uh, everyone that we're associated with will find out about this pretty quickly. But our listeners are the first ones to find out about it. So we're glad to be able to share that with you. So tell us a little bit about this class. What are you guys going to be teaching specifically? Is it going to be the, the Mishnah Torah in its entirety? Or is it going to be similar to what Andy did, uh, I think it was Probably a couple of years ago, you did four classes on an introduction to the Rambam uh, in his Mishnah Torah. So give us a little insight as to what the class is going to be all about. Yeah, the, the class is essentially going to be a uh, sort of a group study of the first book of the Mishnah Torah, which is called um, Sefer Hamadar, the Book of Knowledge. Okay. Um, and it covers a number of topics, including um, um, the prohibition against idolatry, um, the prohibition against blasphemy, and it also covers various other things such as um, uh, what is um, prophecy, the nature of God, the obligation to know God, things such as that, which are all, they're very fundamental foundational concepts that's important for everyone to understand. I would definitely say important, almost critical. And uh, if I can add, in this class, one of the things we really aim to do is to Give people to understand that uh, understanding halakha is not just something for a yeshiva bocha. You know, this is something for everyone, even uh, Gentiles, and it is within their grasp. I mean, even as Jake was, you know, very, uh, you know, eloquently explaining a lot of the halakhic intricacies, what he's talking about, this is something that anyone can do, you know, with the proper study uh, and guidance. And it's not this thing that's so far away that you can't uh, do and, you know, nah, nah. easier than one would think. It's within our grasp. And and Hashem himself said that about uh, the Torah itself and the volume. I don't have the exact uh, quote, but uh, he said this is not too far. It's not far away from you, and it is not too hard for you. It's, it's, not, it's not in the heavens. Right, right. In other words, it's not so far from us that we can't grasp it. Right. So we have... So we know about all these uh, mitzvot, you know, all these commandments, but the halakha, those are the details of, you know, what to do and what not to do, what is permitted and what is forbidden. And that's how we know. Sounds like this one's definitely definitely going to be longer than four classes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least by a couple, anyway. So it sounds to me like you're going to go uh, more in-depth and that's a, a, a great thing. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this class. And also, just for our listeners and people who want to attend, this is in our Academy of Shem that you can get to on the Noahide Nations homepage. It's in the resources menu. Just click on Enter Academy of Shem. It'll take you to the page. Identify the class, and then just click on the class, and it will, you'll be able to get into the room for the class. There's going to be, I guess it's going to be ongoing. We don't know how many classes this is going to, uh, actually be so it could be just you know ongoing and of course we'll take holidays off and and do all of that and also you mentioned earlier too 
Now, I call him a Rabbi Baron. You're calling him Maury Baron. I'm going to call him now the author of <laughs> a Guide for the Noahide. <laughs> uh, this book is now available in the Noahide Nation store. It's a, an excellent book. It deals pretty much exclusively with the Rambam, and it's just an outstanding book. We've already sold a, a large number of them. So for anyone who wants to get their hands on this book, please just go to the Noahide Nation's website and get into the store under the uh, seven Noahide laws, and that'll get you into the guide for the Noahide. And also, we'll make sure that we have the Rambam's Mishnah Torah books available. I'm not sure if we have the Book of Knowledge in there or not. Uh, I know we have a half a dozen or so, but I've been wanting to get the whole new, the whole set up there anyway, uh, just so that people can you know start building their library with the entire set. It's over 20 volumes. Yeah, and the Book of Knowledge is uh, actually the first section of it. And it's made up of the first, I think, four or five books in there. So you may have them in their individual volumes available to purchase. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. But if we don't, we'll for sure get them prior to the class so that people can go in and uh, purchase them and have them as study guides while you're teaching. I, I, I am uh, kind of curious, too. We don't have a whole lot of time left on this. What do you hope that the students will come away with? Well, my, my personal hope is that they'll come away with a, a knowledge of the halakha that we've studied, obviously. A feeling that the halakha is not beyond their grasp. Sort of a, a feeling of comfort with being able to study it. And also, hopefully, a knowledge of how the Havrutha style of studying specifically works. So that they can hopefully take that out into their lives and implement that for their future learning. So it's going to be more than just what's in the text. It's also going to be on how to study and understand the text. Exactly. Well, we're hoping that you guys will take up the option of writing a blog on the Noahide Nation's website uh, that pertains specifically to your class and to the Rambam. And I know that we're also using our forum section now for instructors to go and post questions and students can go in and post questions and uh, they're able to communicate back and forth that way. Is that, That's right, isn't it, Prescott? That's correct. Yep. Okay. And that'll all be up and running uh uh, before their class starts. So. Okay. So we got a lot of exciting things happening, and this is just one of them. And we thank both Andy and uh, Jacob for being with us. Hmm. I look forward to you know seeing you and, and listening to your class on the 2nd, which is, uh, again, folks, that's a Thursday, and they're every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So thanks so much for being on the show with us. Thanks yeah, thank you for having us, yeah. and we look forward to the class, definitely. All right. Well, okay. Prescott, we need to sneak out of here. We're going to get in big-time trouble. So Get our fingers uh, slapped. All right. Let's go ahead and close this show out. And, folks, thank you for being with us for this hour of Noahide Nations. And we look forward to seeing you next week. So until then, Shavua Tov. Uh, shalom. A study at the Urological Clinic in the Soroka Hospital in Israel found that those taking Apuncha capsules experienced significant relief from bladder or urinary problems. Don't just suffer. Contact the Priso Company for natural herbal remedies. Made from the Apuncha flower grown right here in Israel. Visit their website at www.priso.com. www.priso.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O dot com. Kidashta, a community Judaica store in the heart of Moda'in. Kidashta, a classy yet moderately priced Judaica store in the center of Jerusalem. Kidashta, a full-service website that introduces quality products, books, silver, jewelry, and mezuzot. 
Kidashta, the personal touch, in the Bell Tower in downtown Jerusalem, and Kidashta, Modain in the Kaiser neighborhood, and of course, www.judaica4u, the numeral 4, the letter U.com. <laughs>